Pete, you picked this film in a top five, I think, which inspired its inclusion for this week's Midweeker. Yeah. So I had watched this years ago and I remembered in well the film stayed with me. I sort of it was different to a lot of things that I'd seen. And I thought it would be worth revisiting to see if it was good or not. And uh, also because of the the Euro theme that we had been running, it had references to Kane. So oh, I was about to say, I was clutching at straws a little bit there. The, the yeah. Kane was the thing. And what what was the top five that it came up? Can it was in movie me? long it takes. Was, yeah, the long takes. Which I'm I'm sure if you all watch the film, you saw because that. Because there is a scene. fantastic. Yeah. there is a brilliant. You're right. It is a brilliant scene. Yeah. Um, in this. So yeah, that was the film. So it was a Brian De Palma film. I wouldn't have known that at the time that I was watching it originally, featuring John Lithgow, who. Uh, an actor that I like, and uh, I see him primarily as a comedic actor. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Maybe from Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from yeah. the Sun. I, I, I sort of enjoyed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, so it was quite weird to see him in this. Well, he went through a phase of being in in reasonably high profile. I mean, obviously he was the bad guy in Cliffhanger. Yeah. And yes, uh, a few others that he's played, but yeah. he... well, this is their third collaboration, De Palma and Lithgow. So, what other De Palma uh, films is Lithgow in? Is he, he's not in Dress to Kill, is he? Which is the film that this most no, he of. was in Obsession and Blowout, the name of your sex tape. <laughs> um, <laughs> I it struck me straight away this film as being complete and utter fucking horseshit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because we well, can get onto what happened with the get... make of it later. But the very first scene when he. He has split personalities, effectively. He's lost his marbles. Yeah, so... Well, and he sees this <laughs> this other version of himself in a really shit leather jacket and glasses. And I'm like, what the fuck right, is so, this? So that, I think... So that there are elements of this film that have dated really badly. And yeah, I the, think, from the start through to the end. Uh, yeah. So I think that certainly because this was, what, 92? Yeah. And I think maybe at that time you could have still gotten away with a like a cliché portrayal of a of a wrong so a guy who's going to roll the sleeves up on his jacket and have yeah. shades on and be smoking yeah, and then you, know you immediately know as the audience this is a bad guy yeah. so i think at the time that probably wouldn't have been an issue for people but that cliche is is very much dated well i don't know i've got an opinion we're, on we're, that maybe yeah, we'll come to all okay. of that at the end of the when we talk about what we thought about it because well, i do take your, your point it, it had that double denim feel didn't it yeah. it's just yeah a, a little bit which of, you're rocking tonight i doing something similar <laughs> yeah but it wasn't it it didn't have that graininess of of more you know more, of old films it had that graininess of well old films, sorry. it had and a it was, sort of soap opera aesthetic to mm. it. It had that nineties that nineties sort of shite yeah, production. But I'm pretty sure that was absolutely on purpose. Uh, so to... I've I've sort of since because I, I did because obviously it was my nomination, this is I did a little bit of background and, and there was elements of it trying to sort of like parody psychological thrillers at the same time as being a psychological thriller. But well, I mean it, generally if we just without walking through the entire plot this is oh no we've got to go through the plot because but, it's brilliant well it's very it, involved <laughs> interesting you yeah the plot has twists and turns but the other films in and around this time that you say this might have been a parody of what were they can you well a lot of them are brian de palma's own right. films yeah, yeah, so yeah he had a reputation for staging these hitchcockian type thrillers that have always got a sort of weird sexual element to them, this sort of noirish elements as well. 
all of it being played up to about a million in this. But I have to say, it took me about 35 minutes to get in on the joke. I really didn't realise. So you'd not seen this before? I thought I had, but I didn't recall any of it. So by the time you're 15 minutes in and and Dr. Uh, Carter Nix, who's Lithgow, the respected child psychologist, has had a conversation with another parent about taking his son off and and having it experimented on. And then he blows some poison in her face. I thought it was just chloroform or something. Well, he was like, no, he, he blew like, like oh, he did, yeah, he did do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That I wasn't expecting. Then multiple personality guy turned up and yeah. I was like, okay. And Sidey had already texted me saying this film is fucking shit. And, <laughs> and, and, and then, so I at first didn't realise that I was supposed to be finding this all ludicrous because there is absolutely no way when you talk through what happens in this movie that you could take any of it seriously, surely. Not even De Palma himself. No. Can't no. have been. No, because it's not. It, it isn't. But it, this isn't like one of those films that's like based on a true story or anything. Well, it's you, you say that. I've read a book once about. And I can't remember the the title of it exactly. It was the the twelve. No, the twelve people or, or twelve personalities of Billy Fisher or someone. I can't remember yes, what it was. Do I've read that as well. Actually, yeah. was that a play as well? It maybe? may have been. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was. I it was a huge was a case huge at the yeah. time yeah. because they started to uncover all these increasingly complex people in this mm. one guy who, I really think who had suffered got... multiple kind of, you know traumas as as a young person and I thought this where this might go actually but obviously as as we go through the it's the kind plot, of it's, it's like a, a sort of a hammed up dramatization of what might happen if in like Hollywood world, if uh, a, a character had multiple personality disorder, mm. and so that and so you, you said it, John Lithgow is is Carter Nix, Doctor Carter Nix, who himself who is a child psychologist, but he himself has multiple personality disorder because, as we find out in the film, he was subjected to psychological and perhaps physical as well abuse mm. by his 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 own father, who yeah. I never got his like Christian name, but Dr. Nick Senior, I think. Yeah. Also played by John Lithgow. I think he's well, Nick. a second time around, because you do see him earlier in the movie, he's not played by John Lithgow. So it is a bit of a, a throw, right? You don't necessarily I don't know, know the what's makeup going on. was heavy or it was the, the same guy? I think. No, was I it thought it was John Lithgow all the way through. Was, was it? it? So yeah. the scene in the motel at the yeah. beginning? Yeah, no, that's John Lithgow. That was John yeah, Lithgow as well. John, all John wow. Lithgow, yeah. yeah. What a performance. Well, Dr. Carter Nick's. Well, we so yeah, and, and Carter Nix has been sort of abducting children for on you know under the premise of delivering children to his father, who at this point in time has faked his own death, but is now running like some kind of like like covert child scientific operation yeah, in Norway. In Norway, yeah. stay yeah. with us here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Carter's wife Jenny. Yeah. She's having an affair with the impossibly good-looking Stephen Bauer yeah. as Jack Dante. Yeah. Also a, a Brian De Palma collaborator. Regular. He's in Scarface. Yes. He's Manny in Scarface. Yeah. yeah. She buy him a Tiffany watch or something. She buys him, on the off chance. She buys him a really shit clock, clock and she yeah. buys one for Carter as well. Yeah, and and in a dream sequence that's sort of a dream within a dream within a dream. It's gone there, in a, She doesn't know whether she's put the right clock in the right person's room. She hilariously met Jack Dante when uh, let me get this right his wife was dying yeah she's like an she oncologist or something an oncologist yeah. she was there she was treating the patient yeah. his wife they fell in love and there's this 
hilarious moment where <laughs> they have hilarious. their first it's kiss absolutely horrifying. and the wife sort of comes out of a coma at the same time and see, sees it and then just dies. And then <laughs> Lol. So it, that was it. It was the, 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 last, the last look of... I mean... It was the last look of her life was seeing her husband yeah. kiss the oncologist. It's amazing. To say, but no fucks were given by, by Jenny or Jack, is it? Jack Dante, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was classic B-movie acting and uh, seeing that, actually. I mean, it was so popular stuff. You, yeah. you did expect it to, you know... It was re- it's really camp, this Se- film, isn't it? It's yeah. Like in, in, that, in that respect. But, I mean, so, something so... You, you see early on that basically when Carter, Carter sort of knows what what he's doing to a point but then anytime he has to do something that's going to be like dark yeah. or difficult or whatever then that's when Kane takes over his like one of his personalities like the evil I think at the beginning your men are sort of think that it's like an evil twin yeah because he exactly. says because he says to him oh well when did you get out yeah uh, like obviously your men are thinking oh this is like an identical twin who's evil who has got out of prison when in fact it must have been when did you get out of uh, my, my mind, mind. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also other characters that appear my favorite i think is josh his yeah. traumatized little boy because yeah. all of the other characters are john lethgo this is just a little boy wearing the most horrendously bad old man wig <laughs> Like grey-haired wig and old man clothes, and he speaks with John Lithgow's voice, yeah. but he's just a traumatised little boy. It's really sad, actually. And then there's another one, which is Margot. Yeah. Who I, she's she's a- like a matriarch sort of character. I think she's she's obviously psychotic as well, but sh- her job <laughs> is to look out, like make sure that the children don't come to any harm, mm. bizarrely, mm. which uh, they, they've all been harmed a lot psychologically. So when, Carter when- has been... Uh, Pratting around and setting up Jack, Jenny's yeah. old flame. Well, Carter, uh, Carter he's or been Kane, setting one of him up sees, as a... sees Jenny and Jack having a fuck in the woods. Yes, and uses that as an opportunity. Well, Kane takes amazing... over from Carter well, and it, starts framing. This then is the classic trauma that he can't deal with, yeah. and so another personality who is stronger and and more able to take over then this is your cool leather jacket guy comes in then, isn't it? Yeah. He, he decides that... He actually finds it all quite funny, doesn't he? The oh, fact it's hilarious. That, yeah, um, so did I. His, yeah. his, what, that Carter's wife is having an affair because he doesn't see it that it's his wife. Mm. He, he's a different personality altogether. Yeah. He just well, happens to share, share the same There's a really body. funny bit where Carter goes home, but he's actually Kane inhabiting the Carter yeah. body. And he goes into the house and he starts feeling up his wife. Yeah. And then the, the baby, or it's not even a baby. The kid's about fucking 17, but he's making a noise on <laughs> yeah. the monitor. And he's like, oh, I'll, don't worry, I'll go and sort that out. And then he just gets in his car and drives off. off. Yeah. Because he's got like, a body like, in the car. Well, he's got, it's not even a body. It's, like, it's the woman that he's chloroformed in, in, like, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He's still in the boot of the car and he's got to go and like see to her. Yeah, yeah. Is this the film where they pull back the sheet in the morgue and the woman's face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. right at the end of the of the fantastic of the long sequence. Scene, yeah. But even this, right? I watched this scene a couple of times because it's great. It's typical De Palma affair where they're taking what is could be a fairly like a huge bit of exposition dump on yeah. the audience, and yeah. then but doing it like with lots of camera movement and it's going down stairwells and uninterrupted and sort of impossible things. But then as it's carefully choreographed along, she occasionally starts to wander out of shot and gets well, pulled that, that's, back that's, in. That was the- what I referenced in that top five is the fact that 
it's that is well acted like this this i think uh, dr lynn waldheim she mm. worked with dr nick senior on producing his book about multiple personality disorder and knew of this hello child. everyone yeah. i'm dr <laughs> yeah yeah and you knew about this kane character didn't realize it was do- like dr nick's own son they also um, really clumsily drop in that she's wearing a wig it's like oh, like it's yeah, in the middle of conversation yeah. oh, it's like, oh, by the way i'm wearing a wig uh, just just <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah don't worry about that. the camera you'll need to remember that in a later sequence so yeah so that, that's how she gets introduced and yeah the the, the long and then shot you do get that scene that you're talking about with the with the reveal of the body it's brilliant that was the <laughs> only good bit of the film <laughs> Yeah, you didn't seem to love this. No, I thought it was fucking awful. Yeah. Zero out of ten. Like, it was <laughs> fucking abysmal. The only thing it's got going for it is that we've recently seen Slamming Salmon and Cats. This yeah. is fucking appalling. I don't believe that it's camp and meant to be, you know, sending up. I just think it's shit. It's just I shit. I think if you take this, fi- I don't think know this film is could... made to be taken seriously. It's just a serious piece of work. I think if you... That's how if, I... Well, I that's took that's it. I'm not surprised serious... you hated it if you thought that no. this was a film trying to be deadly serious. It, it, it's I not. I just didn't buy it's, John Lithgow. I don't know cast John Lithgow in a film like this. And the poster's have... not like that. It looks like it's supposed to be scary. No, this is serious. Sinister. Scary. This is trying to be scary. This is <laughs> scary. Well, I guess the, the success... It's a psychological thriller. The success of the film then depends on whether you take it as a straight-laced psychological thriller or a parody of that genre because I didn't and I just thought it was shite. And Can it I... made me question whether De Palma's ever actually made a good film. I had to go back through his, his filmography. Whoa, 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 because this whoa. this came after everything that's good and I'm thinking, fuck, it's just utter shit. Maybe I maybe I got it wrong, but to me I fucking hated watching it. I fell asleep for about ten minutes, but I didn't go back because it was fucking painful. I just thought it was so entertaining. Well, well, one thing I do because I, I need to I'm making up my own kind of like list. So we've now got Slam and Salmon is worst way film ahead, you've ever way seen. Cats is second. Yeah. I just want to know because Cloud Atlas is going to be getting your top ten best films. No, yeah, so. I was I was kind <laughs> so, about Cloud Atlas. You were what? Sorry, I was kind about Cloud Atlas. Okay, so where is that? Now? I just is said I didn't enjoy it. Raising I said, Kane is that? I don't know. Third, I don't know. Or, well, it's I fresh. Need to know this. It's fresh, so it's it's right up there. Great. I thought it was so Cloud Atlas is what I said about Cloud Atlas. No, it's not. What I said about Cloud Atlas was I'm glad that they took a chance on it. It just didn't work for me personally. You said it was the worst thing you'd ever seen at the time. Okay, well, it's not anymore. Yeah, well, well there you go. A lot every every week, right, like, I'm improving Cloud Atlas. It's, I'm pleased with that. I mean, it, it, yeah. The, I the, don't think it's meant to be like I, Naked I Gun-style comedy, though, No, either. no, 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 it's, it's not. It's but meant it is, to have, it's entertaining. It, it's, it, it's kind of, yeah, I think reading a bit about it afterwards, there were definite sort of like nods towards this not being a totally like to be taken totally seriously film there are elements of it there are bits where they try and do i thought honestly you can say like the scene scene where so jenny gets the wife gets kind of like smothered and put in the car and then the car pushed into the river river yeah and you see her kind of like come to in the car and then she's screaming and the car submerges so you assume she's dead when there's the reveal that she comes back and she's on the baby monitor she was dead that that part there like again that's dated because we've seen that sort of thing a million times since but that was quite like sinister yeah, as soon as you, you see it, she, obviously her hair's wet she's like particularly like she's been in freezing cold water she's pre- pretty kind of like the color drained from her that was quite a, a sort of a not a jar you know a jarring moment so there's there's bits that are not 
just purely meant to be comedy. They're meant to be kind of like thriller mm. elements to it. But honestly, by the time John Lithgow has escaped from the police station, donned a wig, and it, it's blatant, <laughs> like the kid, it's massive. amazing. <laughs> like he's about six foot three, isn't he? <laughs> and bigger than that. But yeah, he's big. He's a big guy. And the amazing thing is, is that all of the trouble that the camera goes to to obscure his face. Yeah, and it's so obviously him. It's <laughs> yeah, just a massive guy. But Jenny's otherwise, a she's followed this like lit like Doctor Waldheim has now grown a, a foot taller. Yeah, and yeah, and as not and his bare foot in a massive trench coat. She's she in the lift thinks, with him. She still <laughs> thinks it's a Doctor Waldheim and not her husband. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. The whole sort of final scene of like amazing of Margot, I think, is now the the, Margot's the, in the main personality stabbing the father to save the child. The child falling off like the the balcony towards the sundial, towards and they've the been sundial, talking about the like, sundial the yeah, whole way through. Smashed loads like of the stuff. omen, like or those just Hitchcock kind of, classic yeah, Hitchcock yeah, to yeah. set something up like that. But then Lithgow Senior. Nick Senior shoots the sundial, doesn't he? As he gets oh, as he and gets it breaks, stabbed. so yeah, he doesn't yeah, end yeah, up yeah. getting impaled. And I Jack mean, it's just ridiculous. The, the child. When I say it's the final scene, it's not the final scene because then it moves <laughs> on to the the, the scene r- in the, like at the kids' playground. Now, <laughs> if if you've just been through that as a family, Jenny is there talking to her friend, like having a chit chat. She let the kid wander off. She lets fine. the kid wander off, knowing fine. that her like maniac multiple personality disorder husband is still at large. She just lets the kid wander off. I mean, it, like, yeah, I know it was good gossip, like that they were talking about at the time. Let's the kid wander off, and obviously the kid's there. You think something's coming. The the actual like, I love <laughs> that did. final like Incredible. absolute final like shot. Yeah, of her bending the fi- down. The to final final wig. What the fuck? I was. Just... I love that bit. I was like, yes, that's fucking. I was clever. literally like clapping and yeah. laughing at this, like a fucking idiot, because it was this movie just kept going and being more insane and more absurd. But it wasn't. It wasn't totally just saying this is all ridiculous, like like you like you were saying, Pete. It's you know there are elements in there that are supposed to be thrilling to you and stuff. I, I, but... I'm not saying that there wasn't meant or or on purpose comedic moments in this. But I don't think they were pointing at laughing at a lot of the bits that you were laughing at, you two. I, I think they actually meant some of this stuff. Oh, how I, could I, they, I, though? Go Honestly. back. This is the 80s, like, or 90s. Or 90s. Yeah. I mean, that's right next to the 80s. There were definitely, if you, you read about it and Brian I would have to. and other people who were involved it in it, there were definitely well. nods towards this being, it was meant to be a thriller, but it was also meant to parody some thrillers as it's well. Like take it of, to, uh, like, ham it up quite a bit. A little well. bit of Tommy Wazoo there that he doesn't really know what's, uh, well, what the, he's doing. The opening scene was supposed to be yes. halfway through the movie. Yeah. So in 2012, Pete Gelderblom, a devoted, fan of, a devoted fan of Brian De, De Palma, did a fan recut of the film after he heard about department's regret of changing the order of the film um yes because originally all the crazy stuff with like the multiple personalities didn't come was, in into was about kept, half was, an hour which i think i think would have been yeah. better. so he got a copy a copy of the original screenplay reordered the scenes and re-edited and then put it out on the internet on IndieWire. and brian de palma himself was very pleased with the results when it was going for a blu-ray re-release mm. de palma was able to convince the producers to hold off the initial release and include that on the blu-ray yeah the fan yeah. edit yeah. so the official director's cut of the film is actually something that some fan made yeah. at home wow. on his computer which is yeah. pretty cool so my understanding was that the first half of the film was meant to be everything from jenny's perspective the wife so without from the... forrest gump different jenny <laughs> different oh, right. jenny yeah i've tried to forget that film 
film, <laughs> as I'm sure you have. But yeah, it was meant to be from Jenny's perspective. So a lot of it would have asked a lot of questions and not really delivered many answers. And the whole reveal about Carter yeah. having multiple personality disorder wouldn't come into the film until halfway through. I think I would have preferred that. Yeah. Money, money wise, budget for this was twelve million dollar dues. Do you think it made some I, money? I'm sure I saw this and I think maybe it got its money back in a bit more or something. Well, he just, he made Bonfire of the Vanities, didn't he? And he did. that absolutely bombed horribly. And this was not long afterwards because that played into it. He was still scarred by what happened on Bonfire of the Vanities. And that's why he was, he edited it so weirdly, you know, in a completely different way than he originally intended to. <laughs> so do you think it made money or not? Uh, yeah. I think with John Lithgow's name and Brian De Palma, it's got over the line. John Lithgow, big star. I just don't see it. Not anyway, really. it did make some money. Not that one. That's a different film. It made $37 million. That makes John I Lithgow a love, big star. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to yeah, see double more your money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed this, but in a totally different way. To, I think when I first watched it, it might have been... I, I the, the the sort of like the camp and everything like elements of it would have been lost on me and I'd have watched it and genuinely been like thrown by the thriller sort of moments and the, the, the idea and the concept of it. I'd have probably been early 20s. I enjoyed it again this time, but for totally different mm. reasons. Yeah, I, I really, I thought this was really entertaining. It was funny and I think it was... I was laughing at the bits that I would think I was supposed to be laughing at and also it is a thing, you know, Brian De Palma had a lot of stuff thrown at him about his movies having those weird sexual things in them and have and being this kind of wanting to ape Hitchcock all the time. And this movie does it's taking all that stuff and ramping it up to like a thousand billion because it's like Psycho, but on LSD. It's br- <laughs> it's just really entertaining. This film, I loved it. Watch it. Well, I didn't really like it. I thought it was all right. <laughs> And I must say, <laughs> one of my personalities must have liked it. But no, for, for the most part, I thought this was a bit of a struggle, to be honest, just because it was dated. I like the idea. I like the idea of the, the, the multiple personalities. I like John Lithgow. And there was some, some scenes. The bit at the end was almost saved the entire film yeah. just because it's absolutely ridiculous to see that, <laughs> that last shot. But you have to do a fair bit to get he that got, kind of award. His performance in this was like sort of pretty universally. I know they loved it, but it's yeah. dreadful because everyone is just like, oh, here's John Lithgow as a woman. Yeah. You don't believe they're Lithgow separate. Like, child. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, they're not, they don't feel like separate identities. It's just John Lithgow. Yeah. It's a stinker. <laughs> 